Good evening, church family. It's great to be with you all tonight. Uh, welcome to the digital campus of Newark United Pentecostal Church. Uh, it is Sunday, July 18th. I hope I got that right. I'm terrible with dates. Um, and we are coming into the landing strip, if you will, coming in for a landing, uh, headed back to our campus, our, our physical campus. And I'm psyched about that. Uh, Arash uh, shared a good message, you know, talked about getting ready and packing and, and being prepared for what's to come. Hello, Sylvia. Good to see you tonight. Um, and I think I'm going to piggyback on that, but from a, from a different perspective. And uh, tonight I want to talk to you guys a little bit about choices um, and in particular perspective and how we have to choose to look at things uh, in a way that God would desire us to look at things. And uh, so I'm trying to give you kind of guys a little bit of time to jump on tonight. Uh, I'm going to talk to you from uh, Numbers, chapters 13 and 14. And so I'm not the tech savvy one. And so I'm doing my own live stream tonight. You guys should be impressed with that. Like, woo. Uh, and so you're going to have to get your Bibles out if you want to follow along with me, uh, which is always a good idea. Right. It's important to know that uh, when you're in church and when somebody's bringing you the word of the Lord, that it's actually coming from the Lord and not out of somebody's you know, own thinking. So it's always good to follow along with the text. And so I'll give you a couple of, um, I won't give you minutes. I'll give you a couple of seconds here to get your Bibles out. Again, I'm going to be talking from Numbers 13 and 14 specifically tonight. And we're going to look at uh, the choices of two groups and how those choices had huge ramifications uh, for those that followed them. Um, that means family members, you know, tribes, you know, um, you know, those kind of things. And so we're going to look at this at this story tonight, which is the popular story. And I'm going to challenge you to apply it to your own life and, and to where we are as a church in particular. Uh, so uh, numbers 13 and 14, uh, I'm going to pray and I'm going to ask God to be with us tonight and, and to lead us and guide us and, uh, and uh, open up our hearts and our minds. Jesus, we thank you, Lord. We thank you for your goodness, Lord. God, we ask that you would be in our midst tonight, oh God. Oh, God, you're our very reason, our purpose, Lord Jesus, for being. God, we ask that you would minister to us, Lord, that you would open our hearts and our minds, that you would give us understanding, Lord Jesus. God, we want to please you, Lord. We want to be in your will. Help us, Lord Jesus, to believe you above all things. Be with us tonight, Lord. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Amen. And so Numbers 13, um, and we starts out with Moses uh, speaking to the people of God. And so it starts uh, this way. It says, God's actually with God speaking to Moses. Let me back that up. So God spoke to Moses, and this is what God said Send men to scout out the country of Canaan that I am giving to the people of Israel. So God is saying to Moses, I am going to give you a land. Hang on to that. Send one man from each ancestral tribe. Each one a tried and true leader in the tribe. I guess I should have told you that I'm reading from the message. Uh, so this is going to sound a little bit different. Um, but whether you follow along with that or you read later in your own version, uh, you should get the, the, the same thing. You should get the same message, if you will. But I am reading from the message tonight. Uh, and so I want to point out, again, God is telling um, Moses that he's going to take them to the land of Canaan, that he's going to give them the land. Uh, and he's asking him to take one man from each ancestral tribe, a true leader. So not just any random person from a tribe, but a true leader that represents each tribe. 
verse three says, so Moses sent them off from the wilderness of Paran at the command of God. All of them were leaders in Israel, one from each tribe. So the command was God's command that Moses carried out in sending these men, representatives of each tribe, to go and spy out the land that he was going to give them. And the scripture goes on and it itemizes who was sent uh, from which tribe. And I'm going to drop down to verse 17. And it says, when Moses sent, um, when Moses sent them off to scout out the land, and he gives them directions, right? He, he tells them specifically, you know, which way to go and what to look for and what kind of report to bring back and all these specifics about uh, what he wanted them to pay attention to while they were in the land as they were spying it out. So they can bring back a very specific report. Uh, so he didn't just kind of say, hey, just go randomly and, and it's, you know, whatever you see, tell me. He gave them certain things to look for and to bring that report back. And I'm going to drop down. If you know anything about the message, it always give you verse for verse. Uh, but this should be in verse 25. And it says, after 40 days of scouting out the land, they returned home. So these leaders who were selected from each tribe spent 40 days scouting out the land, and then they returned home. And verse 26 picks up and says, they presented themselves before Moses and Aaron and the whole congregation of the people of Israel in the wilderness of Paran at Kadesh. They reported to the whole congregation and showed them the fruit of the land. Then they told their story, the story of their trip. When we went to the land to which you sent us, oh, it did fill with milk and honey. So I'm, I'm butchering that up a little bit right there. It says, oh, it does flow with milk and honey. All right, so in other words, they were confirming what God said that he was gonna send them to this land that flowed with milk and honey. Yes, they agree. It indeed flows with milk and honey. Just look at this fruit. And this is this big, you know, clusters of fruit that we hear about all the time, the, the grapes that were huge. And then there was this, what I call a butt. Now they put it differently, but there was this butt in there. It says the only thing is that the people who live there are fierce. Their cities are huge and well fortified. Worse yet, we saw descendants of the giant Anak. Amalekites are spread out in the Negev, Hittites and Jebusites and Amorites hold the hill country. And the Canaanites are established on the Mediterranean Sea and along the Jordan. Now, they, they made this positive statement. Oh, yes, the land is filled with milk and honey. And then they went to this butt and they started on this negative bent. They started on all the negatives. Oh, they're fierce and the cities are well fortified and all oh, the giants in the land. And then Caleb does probably something that I would have done because I'm, I'm a little bit of an interrupter, right? So Caleb interrupts this whole crowd of, or, or, or should I say these, whoever was speaking, put it like that. And he interrupts them and he called for a silence before Moses. So he didn't just interrupt and start talking. Basically he said, be quiet. And he said, let's go up and take the land now. We can do it. Right now, let's not wait. Let's not fool around. Let's not waste time. Let's go take this now land now. We can do it. So I, I'm feeling Caleb in this moment. Right. If you read the backstory, you have to take your time and do this. It really is important to read the backstory. OK, God has brought them from, through all kinds of trials and tribulations over time. And, you know, they've seen God move in ways that you and I can only dream of. 
Okay, I mean, we we we've seen things, and you know, we've been in awe with what God has done, but we've never seen a sea parted. Right, we've never seen food provided literally out of nowhere. You know, come out of our door in the morning, and here's you know food laying on the ground for us each and every day. And though God has moved miraculously, they saw miracles that would blow our minds in this day. Okay, so Caleb is, I'm sure that's in his uh, fresh memory. And so when they started down this negative bend, he just decided to shut him up. Be quiet. You're talking foolishness, right? Let's go up and take the land. We can do it. And so how these men who were given this negative report, how they um, perceived the threat, how they looked at this land, and how they look at the obstacles um, not only affected them, but it affected others. And some for good and some for bad. Now, we just read about how well, it's going to fold, how it affected for bad and for good. But we're going to see about that. But their perception of the obstacles. Were there giants in the land? Absolutely. You know, were there these other threats in the land? Sure. So those, those comments were. But how they perceived what that meant for them. Let me put it that way. Made all the difference. So picking back up at verse 31. But the other said, so these are still the naysayers speaking here, right? We can't attack those people. They're way stronger than we are. They spread scary rumors. So the people who were in the negative, who were speaking critical and being negative about what's happening, they spread scary rumors among the, uh, the people of Israel. And they said, we scouted out the land from one end to the other. It's a land that swallows people whole. Everybody we saw was huge. Why? We even saw Nephilim giants, the, the Anic giants that come from Nephilim. Alongside them, we felt like grasshoppers. And they looked down on us as if we were, as if we were grasshoppers. That's interesting, because that feels like that last statement there makes me think they were in proximity to these giants, that these giants saw them. Because how else did the giants look down on them as if they were grasshoppers? Now, interesting, if they're, out, if they're in this land spying it out and these giants saw them and these giants were such a threat, I don't hear of any reports of the giants actually attacking them. Now, again, this might be their perception because we tend to do that, right? We tend to, um, well, we, we tend to embellish, right? We tend to make things uh, bigger than they really are when we're fearful. And so whether it was true or that was just their way of wording it, um, I don't know if the threat was as really as real as they made it out to be. Uh, nonetheless, again, they got on this negative bend. Oh my goodness. And, you know, it, it feels like the stories, like the fish tales, you know, the, the, the fishermen, they go out and they caught this little fish this big. And by the time they get done with it, you know, it was this whale they caught pretty much. Uh, but anyway, they, they, so not only did, did they bring this report back to Moses and Aaron, but they spread these rumors throughout the people of Israel. Okay. So our choices, how we perceive things, how we, how we're choosing to see things affect other people. Let's see how it affected the people. Verse 14 picks up and it says the whole community was in an uproar, wailing all night long. So they got the whole community in a crazy headspace and the community is trying and they're afraid. And all the people of Israel grumbled against Moses and Aaron. And the entire community was in on it. So, you know, poor Caleb is interjecting, we can do this, right? And he's not interjecting, we can do this on his own strength. 
He knows that God has been faithful. He knows that God has done great things so far. He's expecting God to continue on that path because God had never failed him. But they didn't hear what he had to say. They just continued to listen and to be reactive to the negative reports that were brought back by those uh, those fearful spies. And so this the entire community was in on it. And why did we, did we die in Egypt or in this wilderness? And why has God brought us out to this country to kill us? Our wives and our children are about to become plunder. Why don't we just head back to Egypt? And right now, soon they were all saying it one to another. You see this domino effect here of this negative report? Uh, let's pick a new leader. Let's head back to Egypt. They're going to nix Moses and Aaron. They're going to pick their own leader and they're going to head back to Egypt. Okay. So the choices of those who decided to come back and give this negative report are now infecting. Maybe that's a better word. Not so much of that, but infecting the people of God. And verse five says, Moses and Aaron fell on their faces in front of the entire community and they gathered in an emergency session. So they had a, what we might call a, you know, a duly called business meeting. Anyway, Joshua, son of Nun, and Caleb, the son of Jephunneh, members of the scouting party, ripped their clothes and addressed the assembled people of Israel. The land we walked through and scouted out is a very good land. Very good indeed. If God is pleased with us, he will lead us into the land, a land that flows, as they say, with milk and honey. And he will give it to us. Just don't rebel against God and don't be afraid of the people. Why? We'll have them for lunch. They have no protection and God is on our side. Don't be afraid of them. So Joshua and Caleb are trying to encourage the people and Joshua and Caleb are showing them that they had a different perspective. They didn't say that there weren't giants in the land. They didn't say that there wouldn't be trials and they wouldn't be uh, difficult situations facing them. But in the end, it didn't matter because God, like he said to Moses, like God said to Moses in the beginning, God had already given them the land. God was going to overcome their enemies. God was going to give them the victory. They weren't trusting in their own abilities and their own and their own skills. And they weren't, you know, those giants didn't matter to them because who's bigger than our gods? Like you want to use size for uh, your justification about whether we're going to lose or win. Who's bigger than our God, right? The, 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 the earth is his footstool. So they're saying, we don't want to hear that. God said he's going to give us the victory. They have no protection, right? God is on our side. Don't be afraid then. Verse 10, but up in arms now, the entire community was talking of hurling stones at them. So it's, a, it's interesting how people in general usually tend more more towards the negative, right? We, you know, the, the positive things kind of go over our heads, but the negative we tend to gravitate to. And I, I've noticed that just as a part of human nature. But just then, so God is watching all this unfold. He's listening to the reports of the naysayers. He's listening to reports of, of those who are on board, like Joshua and Caleb. And it says, just then, the bright glory of God appeared at the tent of meeting. Every Israelite saw it. God said to Moses, how long will these people treat me like dirt? How long refuse to, will they refuse to trust me? And with all these signs I've done among them, 
You know, God is having one of these moments. Are you serious? You know, I, I just visualize him coming down out of the sky, if you will, and, and coming to Moses, talking to face to face and having one of these like, really? This is how they're going to treat me? This, this is how they're going to trust in me or not? Like, really, Moses? After all I brought them through? Right? Wasn't, you know, I, you know, I is it Moses that was the friend of God? I imagine God just appealing to his friend like that. You know, you have that friend you got to vent to when you when you just can't vent to anybody else. And God is just having one of these moments like you have got to be kidding. You know, wasn't that me, Moses, who did all those mighty verses? Wasn't that me that wiped out Pharaoh and his army? You know, am, am I tripping here, Moses? Then he says, I've had enough. I am done. Right. I'm going to hit them with the plague and kill them. But I'll make you into a nation bigger and stronger than they ever were. So God is saying, well, my mama had this saying, and God is saying, I'm sure he has one. One monkey don't stop no show, right? What I have is going to be accomplished. What I have for you is going to be one way or the other. Either the people are with us or the people are not, right? But the show goes on. And, and so God said, I'm going to give you something bigger and stronger than they ever were. But oh, faithful Moses. Moses is faithful and compassionate, right? Moses interceded for the people. And he, you know, he appeals to God and, you know, come on, God, you know, what are they going to say about us out here? If you brought us out of Egypt and let us die out here in these deserts and this kind of thing. And, 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 and so, you know, God, um, he heard Moses and he, he, he calmed down, so to speak. Okay. And, and verse uh, Numbers verse 14, verse 20 picks up and says, God said, I forgive them, honoring your words, meaning Moses' words, not for their sake, but, but okay, uh, honoring your words, Moses, I forgive them. But as I live and as the glory of God fills the whole earth, not a single person of those who saw my glory, saw my miracle signs I did in Egypt and in the wilderness and who have tested me over and over again, turning a deaf ear to me. Not one of them will set eyes on the land. I so solemnly promised to their ancestors. No one who has treated me with such repeated contempt will see it. But my servant Caleb, this is a different story. He has a different spirit. He follows me passionately and I will bring him into the land that he scouted and his children will enter it. So you see that Caleb's choice affected his family in a positive way. Caleb says, we can do this, right? Since the Amalekites and the Canaanites are so well established in the valleys um, for right now, change course and head back to the wilderness following the route to the Red Sea. And verse 26 picks up and says, God spoke to Moses and Aaron. How long is this going to go on? All this grumbling against me by this evil infested community. I've had my fill of complaints from these grumbling Israelites. Tell them, as I live, God's decree, here's what I'm going to do. Your corpses are going to litter the wilderness. Every one of you, 20 years and older, who was counted in the census, this whole generation of grumblers and grousers, not one of you will enter the land and make your home there. The firmly and solemnly promised land, except for Caleb, son of Jephunneh, and Joshua, the son of Nun. Mm. Talk about choices affecting others. This story 
is a great illustration of how attitudes and spirits, to put it the way that God uh, put it when he was speaking of Caleb, affect others. A spirit that is passionate and wholly trusting in God can inspire and bring life. A nasty spirit is destructive, like cancer, and it brings about death. I mean, you just go back through that story and you think of how many people that were 20 and older, those people didn't get to see the promise of God because some naysayers brought back some negative report and couldn't see beyond um, the the human realm, couldn't couldn't bring it, um, couldn't come to terms with the fact that it wasn't about them, right? And it wasn't even, uh, it wasn't even their responsibility to take the land, that God was going to go before them and do that. And they brought back this report and it infested the, the people and many, many were lost because of it. So God, God desired to take this people into a land that would be a blessing to them. He wasn't trying to take them to a bad place. He was trying to take them to a place that would, would be a blessing to him. Yes, it was a new land. Yes, it was unfamiliar territory. But a land he knew would be good for them. And he promised to be with them and protect them and keep them along the way. And those who lack trust in God, right? They didn't demonstrate a lack of trust in Moses or a lack of trust in Joshua, or a lack of trust in Caleb, or any other man for that matter. In the end, they were demonstrating a lack of trust for God. They could only see the obstacles and the challenges, as if God wasn't aware of what was in the land. Right? Doesn't he know everything? God was aware of where he was sending them and who inhabited that land. So, Newark, we are very much in that position right now, I feel. This message has been ruminating my mind today and uh, sort of had the title for it, literally just the title for it during the week. You know, this that the fact that our choices affect others. I didn't have anything else to go with this, but God gave me this story this morning. And I really feel like it literally applies to where we are. Uh, the Lord has set before us new territory. And if you realize that, we keep going back, we keep talking about going back to campus. And it's not about a campus. It's not about a digital campus. It's not about a physical campus. It's not about that, right? We're the church regardless of where we're located. But where we're going is, is uncharted territory. And it's going to be hard for some of us to not just see the obstacles, just see the trials, just see the uh, humongous magnitude of what's before us. Right? I'm telling you before you even uh, fully realize it, that you're going to have to hold on to this message because God is the one who sent us here. Surely as God spoke through Moses and told him to take these people to this land, surely as God said that he was the one that was going to give them the land, God is the one who was telling us, I'm taking you into uncharted territory and they're going to be unfamiliar things there. And, and it doesn't matter. Right, You have to continue to trust in me. Right. You, know, you don't put your trust in any man. Zero. Don't put your trust in any man. Don't look for uh, a specific pastor or don't look for a pastor. Yes, I'm going to give you people that will guide you and lead you and help you along the way. But ultimately, I'm the helper of all. I'm the one. 
who's leading you to this new territory. I'm the one that's going to bring you forth. I'm the one that's going to take care of any enemy that tries to rise up against you. I'm the one that's going to bring souls. I am the one that's going to do the work. You, you just need to stay faithful. You just need to continue to trust in me. You just need to continue moving forward. It's okay to be afraid. Right? I know that God didn't give us a spirit of fear, but a power of love and a sound mind, but we all deal with fear. God knows that. It is a, it is a problem, however, to stop. It is saying, it is a problem to say, oh, well, I'm not going. Right? No, we got to keep moving. That's why he says, be strong and be courageous. If you look back in the word, you see how many times God says that. Be strong and be courageous. Well, you wouldn't need courage if there was no fear that we had to deal with. Right? We, fear is moving in the, in, is, in, is moving, I'm sorry, courage is moving regardless of fear. God says, be strong and be courageous, right? And we have to be strong and be courageous. There is a place God is taking us, right? Yeah, a land, if you will, full of milk and honey. And whatever that means, you're going to have to wait till things unfold. But they're going to be souls coming. They're going to be good things for people of God. And yeah, scattered throughout, there may be some giants. Nobody's greater than our God. There may be some, be some big, bad spirits on the way. Nobody's greater than our God. God is going to give us that land. We're going to possess it, not in our strength, not because we're able, but because he's able. And you're going to have to keep that on your mind. You're going to have to keep focus on it. You've got to remember that. You've got to get your scriptures out. You're going to have to maybe pull this, this, this message back out one day and say, oh, oh yeah. Yeah, I remember we were. For, no, we have to trust in God. He's the one that's going to give us a victory. doesn't matter what challenge comes. And they will come. doesn't matter, again, the obstacle. It doesn't matter how big things look. No one is greater than our God. We have to be strong and be courageous. And when the naysayers come and when the critics come and when the negativity come, you got to be like Caleb and you got to shut them up. Be quiet. Let's go in and take the land. Be quiet. Let's go in and do what God told us to do. Right? You got you to gotta hold on to that. We can do Let's do it now. Why? It's not God's plan. Just like it wasn't Moses' plan to go into the uh, to the land of Canaan and take it. It wasn't God's. It wasn't uh, Moses' agenda. It was God's agenda. It was God's plan, right? It's the Lord's will that we move forward. It's the Lord's will that we go about things in perhaps an unorthodox method. It's the Lord's will that we go into this uncharted territory. But we can do it because we're wholly trusting in God. He is going to go before us, right? The Lord mighty in battle will stomp down every enemy. We got to trust in that, right? You, you're, not, you're not here. You're not a part of his body right now because of anything you did. You're here because God said so, right? You're here because the, the, the Lord reached down and made a way for you out of no way, right? Nothing we do, nothing spiritual we do anyway, it can be our own doing. It's because God. Right. That doesn't end. That doesn't stop in any aspect. But that goes for every aspect of our walk. Anything great, anything spirit. It's because God, it doesn't matter, big or small. Big or small. We just need to stay behind him, not in front of him. Right. We need to get behind our great big God. Right. And let him clear the path forward for us and keep moving. God was angry with the people because they were not trusting in him. They were not trusting in him. And I mean, I want you to think back right now when I'm talking, I want you to think back to all the things God has done for you in your life. I want you to think back to every obstacle he's brought you through. Don't give credit to any man for that. Give God the credit only. He's not going to stop now. 
He's not going to stop now. Just like he said, to, like God said to Moses, wasn't that me? Wasn't that me that brought them through? Wasn't that me that's provided for them? Wasn't that me? And I'm telling you, like, it's, it's going to be him. Right. When we get into some of the places that we're going to get into and we see God, God's mighty hand move, it's going to blow our minds and we're going to give him glory. And no man, trust me, no man is going to be able to take credit for it. No, let's trust in God. Let's trust in God. Right. Some of us are in leadership roles and and we're 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 looking at the land, if you will. And we're going, oh, this looks like a daunting task. Well, don't give a critical report. Don't give a negative report. Right. Choose to look through the eyes of God. What did God say? If God said, take it, let's take it. Right. If God said, do it, let's do it. Let's trust in God. Let's not be amongst those who God is angry with. And God is saying, look, I can't work with these people. No. Yes, Lord. What do you want? I'm your willing servant. Where do you want me to go? What do you want me to do? Right. Oh, there's giants in the land. You must got that. Let's go. It's all right. Don't trust in your own strength. You're not supposed to anyway. Trust in God. God, just like he eventually did with those who were 20 and under, will take us where he wants us to do to go. He will lead us into that land. He will give us the victory. And we will glorify him and him only in it. Jesus, we thank you, Lord. We thank you for your word today, Lord Jesus. God, we thank you for encouraging us, God, and for reminding us, oh God, oh, that this plan is yours, Lord Jesus. And you have a direction you are taking us, Lord Jesus. And it's going to take faith and it's going to take trusting you to get there, oh God. But God, we are your people, Lord Jesus. And oh Lord, we want what you want, Lord Jesus. God, as you guide and lead us, oh God, help us, oh God, to continue to be faithful to you, to trust you above all things, Lord. We worship you tonight, Lord. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. Thank you, Lord, for your goodness, for your patience, Lord Jesus. Hallelujah, Lord. We worship you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Well, I'm going to get off here tonight, but I want you to remember how your choices affect others. I want to be there. That there is wherever God wants me. And I want to be amongst those who give a good report. I want to choose to believe God above everyone else. Think about how your choices affect others. Think about what side you want to be on. I want to be on God's side. I hope you do too. God bless you all and have a wonderful night. And we will see you back soon. Good night.